Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this edition of News in Focus is your host, Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. This Wednesday at the Ohio State House, there is going to be a vote on overturning Governor DeWine's veto of House Bill 68. That's the Ohio SAFE Act. Many of you have made calls and sent emails to your state representatives, and they've heard your calls for the override. So the speaker has called for session tomorrow. That's Wednesday, January 10th at the Ohio State House. Myself and Pastor Al Davis, a board member of the Ohio Christian Alliance, will be there with other uh, members of the OCA, and uh, we're going to have uh, we're going to be in the gallery. We're going to be, uh, of course, encouraging the legislature to do the right thing and to vote to override. They do need sixty votes. So there's a little bit of debate debate on that. We don't want to get too thick in the weeds here, but because there's a couple of vacancies, there are 99 House members. And the supermajority to override the governor's veto is normally 60 votes. However, with two vacancies, uh, a Democratic and a Republican vacancy, uh, it may only need to be 59. But I don't think we want to venture into that uh, uh, theory. We want to just get the 60 votes, and we probably have them. And that's why the speaker is called for session tomorrow. But there's another consideration And that is, will anti-protesters of the measure of the veto override show up at the Statehouse in force? We're talking about LGBTQ activists, including Antifa-type members that may show up. Uh, Now, they they were down there when this vote was carrying over in the Senate. And I actually was in Columbus that day for a pro-life meeting after the defeat in August, uh, I'm sorry, of November 7th. Uh, we were meeting with pro-life groups and went by the state house, and I did see members of Antifa out front. Uh, there was disturbances outside the Senate chambers, and this is unprecedented. What we're seeing in recent times: the disruption of public official meetings, of votes by legislatures, and uh, even courtrooms. And you've seen recently in the news where a judge was uh, pronouncing uh, a parole um, uh, case. And she was attacked in the court uh, as this man leaped at her. And that video is running on Fox News. But there's been these kinds of activity and really chaos in our country. And any, everyone can sense it that we're in a time of crisis. Let me read to you from Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This all, know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins led away with diverse lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, folks, we live in those perilous times, and we're asking you to pray as we go to the State House tomorrow. We'll be in the gallery. We will be praying ourselves. We'll be praying for the legislature to do the right thing. 
and to override the governor's veto on House Bill 68 so that the Ohio Safe Act that will protect women and girls sports in Ohio and ban hormone-blocking drugs on minors and surgical sexual surgical mutilation on children. This is a no-brainer bill. Why, in fact, so many are still angry why Governor DeWine vetoed this bill. But, folks, the legislature is slated to do the right thing and to override the governor's veto. With me on the phone is Al Davis. You know him as Live with Pastor Al, also a board member of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Pastor, your thoughts? Well, thank you, Chris. And, uh, yeah, I encourage people, like you said, pray for us tomorrow. Pray for the uh, State House, the uh, the legislature, uh, as they're gathered to overturn the governor's veto, because we are in a spiritual battle here. And and it is getting worse every day. We we see turmoil, and we see protests, and we see violence outside of the state houses around the country. And, uh, yeah, we were really faced with a very serious situation here in Ohio, potentially, and it's going to take a lot of prayer of God's people. Well, that's right. And, you know, I've been doing this for over two decades, Pastor, and representing the church and Christian interest at the Ohio State House in Washington, D.C., and I have never seen the type of aggression by radical Marxist elements against our government in the form of institutions that we have in this representative form of government peaceable to assemble and to do the people's business. You know, as the president of the Ohio Christian Alliance over the years, we don't endorse candidates, but we certainly encourage people to vote their values, to vote their Bible, and to know where candidates stand on the issue, and then cast that vote to the best of their conscience, and then to pray and support for those who serve us in elected office. Sometimes we lose, and we see just like we lost in November. Well, we peaceably go about it. We don't riot. We don't, you know, do cause disturbances. We pray for those in authority, and we pray for our culture. We pray for the times in which we live. But that's not the case with those who do not know Christ. Those who are without God and the godless, we can see, are on the rise. Anti, basically, anti-Semitism on the rise. Uh, atheism on the rise. Even Satanism is on the rise in this country. In fact, for the first time, the Pew Institute. Uh, its research of polling that's conducted of faith in America, that's across the board, that's all elements of faith, is for the first time below 50% of anyone holding any type of faith value uh, in our nation's history since they've been polling since 1928. So we are in desperate times. We're in a a time of a void of people having any kind of faith. In fact, Jesus warned his generation, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? on the earth. Pastor, your thoughts? Uh, well, when you talk about the below 50%, it's no surprise because a lot of pastors themselves have abandoned the biblical worldview. There was a poll uh, that uh, we spoke about a little over a year or so ago uh, suggesting that uh, nearly two-thirds of America's pastors don't even have a world a, a biblical worldview. And when the pulpits are silent on these issues of our day, it's no wonder that the people you know, are are drifting about, being blown about by every wind of doctrine, every crazy uh, statement that's made and all these things. It's no wonder that anti-Semitism and, and, and these things are on the rise and that uh, we see people backing off from pro-life stands that used to have a strong pro-life stance. And uh, we, we've certainly got to get back to the Word of God in the pulpits, in our churches, and encourage people to get up 
and uh, read their Bibles and uh, take that biblical worldview out into the marketplace and to engage in the battle, as you put out uh, or or mentioned earlier. Uh, We are living in dangerous times, and uh, without the Word of God, you know, the Bible says in Ephesians 6, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, that's our weapon, the Word of God in prayer. Someone's asking, how can I strengthen my faith? The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We would encourage you to join us as we've begun to read through the Bible again. And you can find a Bible reading guide on, on your phone app. Just look it up through the year in a Bible, uh, through the year uh, Bible reading. And there's plenty of apps out there that you can follow. And we encourage you to read through the Bible in a year. And I know sometimes people fall behind. So one of the things I like to say, Pastor, read through the, find a Bible reading guide, read through the Bible in a year, no matter how long it takes you. Because <laughs> yeah. it yeah. may carry over into the next calendar year. And I talked to my daughter, and she says, I'm still reading from last year's Bible reading guide. I said, that's okay, honey, because you are reading the Bible. So folks, don't be discouraged by that. But do spend time every day in God's Word. That's how you can strengthen your faith in these perilous times, as the Bible warned that we would be in. Well, I want to draw our attention to the State House because it is the seat of government for our state. And we need to pray for our State House representatives. There are 99 of them. And I'm going to read to you from the Hannah News Report. House will override Governor's veto of House Bill 68 on Wednesday. Uh, that that's the speaker Jason Stevens says. So as in his report, he's calling the House back to override the veto of the governor. That's great news. But folks, we need to pray, and that's why we're going to stand in the gap. Pastor Al and I, and I'm including some others, I'm messaging them and finding out who's available to come and join us in the gallery tomorrow, uh, because the opposition will probably be there and try try to be disruptive. Now, back in May, when the legislature was voting for a special election for August to raise the threshold of the constitutional amendment, some of you remember that, there were liberal protesters that came in, and they disrupted the assembly, that the speaker had to ask the marshal of arms to, uh, to clear out the gallery. We hope that that's not the case tomorrow. Certainly, Pastor Al and I want to be uh, there present when this vote carries But we encourage all of you to be in a spirit of prayer and to pray for peace in the assembly tomorrow at the General Assembly at the House in Columbus at the State House. Pastor, your thoughts? Absolutely. I I, echo that, to pray for peace and and to pray also that that, uh, people like yourself and and others who have an opportunity to be a witness and uh, speak with our legislatures that you would know what to say, because oftentimes that's a difficulty. Paul actually prayed and asked people to to pray for him. He asked that uh, that people would pray and asked that he would have utterance given to him. And he said that I may open my mouth boldly, and he further said that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And uh, we certainly need people speaking up today, and we need to speak as we ought to speak speak what God would have us to say. Well, many of you have been messaging members of the legislature. In fact, we were sending out messages yesterday as well and getting some messages back from some of the state representatives and encouraging us that they indeed intended to vote for an override of the governor's veto on House Bill 68. Last week on the program, you'll remember that we talked about um, 
that all the statewide, uh, the Secretary of State, the Attorney General, the State Auditor, State Treasurer, including the Republican Party Chairman of Ohio, all rebuked the governor for his veto of this bill, including President Trump, who weighed in and said, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, He said, and he encouraged the legislature to override the veto. So a number of these state representatives have gotten back to us with messages that they indeed intend to uh, vote to override the uh, uh, governor's veto tomorrow, which was very encouraging to get those messages back. Uh, Maybe some of you, when you sent an email, found the same thing. Uh, So here I'm reading from, um, this is for Representative Williams. Thank you for reaching out uh, to our office regarding House Bill 68. As co-sponsor, Representative Williams is an ardent supporter of the bill and will fight to get it passed. Uh, I will also pass along your information and thoughts. So he expresses his interest that he's going to vote for the override. And that's so encouraging that many of you sent messages to members of the state legislature uh, because that's what it takes. Pastor, your thoughts. Yes, I sent some uh, messages to uh, my representative as well, and uh, also to the Senate, because if it passes, or if the uh, veto is overridden in the House tomorrow, it goes to the Senate then for their override vote too as well, doesn't it? It does, and we would at this point begin to ask you to contact your Ohio State Senator to urge them to also vote to override. And if both chambers do it, then it becomes the law of the state of Ohio. I'm reading here from a response from Representative Claggett, uh, is absolutely committed to overriding the governor's veto of this legislation, and we believe we have the votes in both chambers to do so. Uh, He says the only concern there is will uh, House leadership bring it forward? Well, we just read to you that Speaker Stevens says absolutely we're going to vote to override this on Wednesday. So, you know, there just seems to be unity and synergy here among conservatives in Columbus. They understand this is a sentinel moment right now in our state. This is this is a line that cannot be crossed when you're you're dealing with children. And, you know, my wife was quoting to me from the scriptures of what Jesus has said, it'd be better for a millstone to be hung about your neck than to offend one of these little ones, talking about the children. That's the the heart of God towards children. And when you think, Pastor, of the delusional thinking of uh, blocking the hormones before puberty of these children, and then to set them up for surgical sexual change from that which God gave them at birth. I'm telling you, we're living in a demonic age. Oh, absolutely. Spiritual wickedness in high places. And then to have the governor in his press conference, and at both press conferences, basically look into the camera and say that he's doing this to protect children. Either he's delusional or, well, <laughs> I hate to think of the alternatives, but uh, I don't think he's delusional personally. I, I just, it's, we need to pray for that man. Absolutely. Here's another representative. Thank you so much for reaching out to our office. Representative Brewer will take your testimony and urges it into consideration. Once again, thank you for your advocacy. So it's important, folks, that we contact our members of our legislature and appeal to them on those concerns that we have. And, of course, this, we're talking about the Ohio SAFE Act. And uh, Representative G- Gary Click, also a pastor at uh, Fremont Baptist Temple, we told the pastor he's doing a great job serving the people of his district at the legislature. He's the one that championed this bill for over three years. You know, he felt personally offended because he had been in communication with the governor's office for almost three years, and then only to have to be, you know, to be sabotaged at the last moment by the governor's veto 
was very hurtful to him because he felt that he was transparent all along the way with the governor's staff and with the governor himself, and then only to be upended like that at the end, he really felt a betrayal of trust. And that's unfortunate. That's sometimes what happens. But folks, it's important for good people to run in the gap, stand in the gap, and make up the difference. That's what members of the legislature are going to do tomorrow in a veto override. And so let us continue to pray for them tomorrow that there's a peaceable assembly, that they have courage to to vote to override, and that the Senate will quickly vote to override as well. Pastor, your thoughts? Right. And when we're thinking about it, we don't want to become complacent. I mean, it's it's nice to hear uh, from the legislature that they believe that they have the votes and that they believe that they will override it. But that's not the time to sit back and say, well, I don't have to worry about it. I don't need to pray. The votes are there. Uh, I'll move on to something else. No, that's the time we need to pray. Uh, you know, pride goeth before fall, the Bible says. And and uh, we need to pray that God would continue to encourage them to hold to their promise to vote to protect uh, uh, Ohio's children by overriding the governor's veto and not take that for granted. The left certainly doesn't take things for granted. They're going to be there, and they're going to be putting pressure on the legislatures. We need to continue to pray for them and continue to remind them uh, of what we want them to do. With me on the phone is Pastor Al Davis of uh, Richville Bible Baptist Church, also a board member of the Ohio Christian Alliance, also uh, live with Pastor Al right here on the same station. And we're going to the State House tomorrow, and we're going to have others that will be meeting us. We'll be standing in the gap. We'll be, you know, in person to encourage these members right up into the, the time of vote. And we encourage you to to uh, pray for us and cover us in prayer as we go. Also, for updates from the Ohio Christian Alliance, you can go to our website at ohioca.org or just search Ohio Christian Alliance. If you're not on our email list, you want to sign up to our email just click on the link, join the email, and then you can receive our uh, emails that come out several times a week on policy at the State House in Columbus and Washington, also Washington, D.C. Well, Pastor, we have a primary coming up. It's a presidential year. Uh, Ohio will be voting in the primary in March, March 19th, which something came to me yesterday, and we're going to take the next few minutes, folks, to maybe get your pencils and paper out to take some notes. We're going to, we're going to have some really important information for you about the primary that's coming very quickly on March 19th. We just learned yesterday that the other states that are voting in March, what is called Super Tuesday, will actually be voting on March 5th, but Ohio will be voting on March 19th. Now, I don't know the specifics of that or why we're not voting uh, on uh, Super Tuesday, but we'll be voting a few weeks later on March 19th. Of course, we'll be voting for president uh, in the primary. We'll be voting for uh, the U.S. Senate. We'll also be voting for Ohio House, Ohio Senate, and uh, members of Congress. And now things have gotten really interesting here in the state of Ohio, Pastor, as we have four congressional districts uh, that are really kind of uh, the focus point here because we have two retirements. Uh, That would be Brad Winstrip from the 2nd District and Congressman Bill Johnson, a good friend of the Ohio Christian Alliance over the years, a original sponsor of the uh, prayer memorial, uh, the World War II Prayer Memorial Act, of course, which was adding the D-Day prayer at the World War II Memorial. 
He is leaving Congress. He is going to be the new president of Youngstown State University. He has served in Congress a number of years, and so he's retiring from Congress. It leaves the second leaves the second district wide open, and a number of people have jumped into that race. So we're going to go through some of these numbers with you. So this the sixth congressional district. Those of you in that district will actually be voting uh, two times on March nineteenth because Governor Dewine has announced the special general election of June 11th. Let me explain. Because Congressman Johnson is leaving by the 21st of this month, uh, January, uh, that seat's going to be open. And that only gives the Republicans a two-seat majority in the U.S. House of Representatives in Congress. (laughs) That's really narrow. Well, he called for the June 11th special election. So now you'll be voting for the general election on March 19th. You'll also be voting for the special election of June 11th on March 19th. The winner of the March 19th primary, of course, will uh, be on the special election, general election of June 11th. Okay. The winner of that will actually be sworn into Congress for the remainder of the term, which will take them to the 1st of January. You'll also be voting again in November, of course, for the full term of the next term of Congress for the 6th Congressional District. So I hope I made that as clear as possible. Frank LaRose, the Secretary of State, sent out an announcement. We'll have more information on our website at ohioca.org or the Ohio Christian Alliance. Just search that. Also, the 9th Congressional District, Marcy Kaptur has served there for a number of years. That district now in the redraw of it, Pastor, is also leans Republican, 52% Republican, 48% Democrat. The, the Republicans are looking to pick up that uh, seat. Now, on the Republican side, you have J.R. Majewski, who lost to Marcy Kaptur last time in the general election, is running again. You have Derek Marin, uh, state representative, conservative running, and Craig, Re- Craig Riedel, uh, who served as state representative a few years ago. He's also running. That's in the 9th Congressional. And then down there in the 9th, con- I'm sorry, the 2nd Congressional District down there in southern Ohio, you have nine candidates that have jumped into that race. So that's going to be a dogfight uh, for the uh, uh, who wins that primary. You have several, a couple of uh, Ohio state senators and uh, state representative and former state representatives jumping in that race. <coughs> a lot of interest here uh, going into the primary. Pastor, your thoughts? Well, again, this is our opportunity to pray. You know, I, I work the elections of the polls. And I have people come in in the general election in November all the time saying, how do we get these people? Where do these people come from? Who picks these people? And these are usually people who don't show up in the primaries to let their voice be heard. We have an opportunity in the primaries to pick who's going to be on the general ballot in the fall. We need to be out there and informed. All eyes will be on Ohio as the U.S. Senate race. Uh, Many people think that Sherrod Brown, the Democrat, the liberal, can be knocked off this term. And on the Republican side, (coughs) excuse me, you have Secretary of State Frank LaRose, Bernie Marino, Matt Dolan. I think a gentleman named Doug Stewart is also uh, filed there. Uh, The official list will be certified here this week. And we're going to be surveying all the candidates, where they stand on key moral issues, and we're going to publish the results in an educational voter guide. It will be available on our website. We'll also have some for print distribution, uh, but it will be a PDF that you can print off so you can know where these candidates stand on life issue, on uh, the family issues, 
on moral issues, uh, on the gender issue of that God created male and female, or do they believe in the radical LGBTQ agenda? All of that will be in the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide. Well, listen, thank you for joining us today. And on the second side, you're going to hear about how political officials were uh, swatted down in Columbus. Again, a very dangerous tactic. We talked about that. That will be in our next segment. Pastor, thank you for joining me on the program today, and I look forward to being with you in Columbus tomorrow, Pastor Al. Thank you, Chris. Well, thank you. And uh, folks, again, pray for us. And uh, all the information on that upcoming primary will be on the website of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Also want to tell you quickly about our Freedom Banquet is coming up February the 22nd at the Akron Fairlawn Hilton. Bill Fetter will be our keynote speaker. And prior to the program dinner, we will have a candidate form. Again, another opportunity for you to hear from the candidates. Thank you for listening. God bless you all. This is Chris Long, host of News and Focus, announcing my new book, For Their Honor, How the D-Day Prayer Was Added to the World War II Memorial. This book tells the 11-year story of how one of the largest mass prayers in history was added to the World War II Memorial. The D-Day Prayer was one of FDR's fireside chats, but it stands alone as an incredible moment in American history. The date was June 6, 1944. Operation Overlord, the D-Day invasion of Western France, was already underway by the Allied nations. News reports throughout the day were released from General Eisenhower's headquarters with short statements but with few details on what was happening with the landings and on the beaches of France. The American public anxiously awaited throughout the day to hear from President Roosevelt for more details on the historic invasion. What they heard that evening was a president inviting them to join him in prayer. This book will inspire and encourage your faith. You can order yours today at Amazon or Barnes & Noble. America is kept safe because the Army National Guard responds, protects, and supports our nation when it needs them most. From fighting wildfires with air support, helping civilians in flooded neighborhoods, to delivering food and supplies to those who have lost everything, the Army National Guard always responds when disaster strikes. The Army National Guard also trains to be ever vigilant against threats, foreign and domestic. They protect our skies with missile defense weaponry. They secure our information, communications and infrastructure with cybersecurity. And they protect us against chemical, biological and radiological hazards with the civilian support team. The Army National Guard also stands ready to deploy and provide support for conflicts or humanitarian missions abroad. Join the Army National Guard and be there to respond, protect, and support your community and your country. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. The following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this edition of News in Focus is your host, Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. Happy New Year. It is 2024. And I'd like to begin by reading in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, in verse 1, "...to everything there is a season, a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die." a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, 
a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time of mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time of love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. This is from Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, and we wish you a a happy new year, and of course, uh, we serve the God who holds all time in his hand. In fact, my wife and I were beginning our Bible reading uh, through the Bible in a year program yesterday on the first day of the year. We're reading in Genesis, of course, and just when God had put together this earth and the creation and time and putting the lights in the heavens so that it would be for days and times and seasons. So it was God who created time, and he is also the one, according to Revelation, who will put an end to time, when time will be no more. So you and I, we can have confidence in that we serve the God who has all these things in his hand as we enter into the new year. Well, uh, we have a lot going on already at the State House in Columbus. Uh, in fact, Governor DeWine made national news by vetoing the Ohio SAFE Act that you've heard about on this program. We had Representative Gary Click, uh, Representative Reggie Stolzfus, who talked about the Ohio SAFE Act and Save Women's Sports Act that was passed by both the Ohio House and the Ohio Senate uh, by large margins, and Governor DeWine unbelievably vetoed the bill, uh, and there was a cascade of comments that came from statewide elected Republican uh, office holders, as well as in the Ohio House, the Ohio Senate, even President Trump weighed in. We're going to talk about that a little later in the program, but we're going to talk with uh, one of the state senators who was swatted. Well, what's swatting? Well, that's when somebody calls a false Um, call about your home and your residence, and the SWAT team shows up. And you've seen this happen to congressional candidates or congressional office holders, excuse me. Marjorie Taylor Greene has been victimized by this, and it's actually very alarming and potentially dangerous because the, the police, through a 911 call, are being told that there's an emergency situation that's dangerous at that residence, and the SWAT team comes with full body armor, with helmets, and with uh, automatic weapons. And uh, that's what they're showing up. In your, and this is a false alarm. And we're going to hear about what broke in Columbus last week because it, it uh, involves several office holders and even our own State Attorney General, Dave Yost. With me on the phone is State Senator Annie Brenner, a good friend of the program and a good friend of the Ohio Christian Alliance. He serves in the 19th Senate District, just uh, north of Columbus. Uh, He is the uh, chairman of the Education Committee, and of course, uh, maybe we could touch on that, how educational choice was expanded uh, this last year, and we're thrilled about that. But we find ourselves in so much hostility because of the political left in this country and in a time of crisis, quite honestly. And uh, that's why we need to navigate these new waters in the new year. Uh, We really need help. And that's what we're going to do here on News and Focus in the new year. We're going to have guests and uh, analysts and experts and political uh, figures and, of course, office holders to discuss the political issues of our time. Uh, Senator Brenner, welcome to the program. 
Oh, thank you, Chris. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you and your wife, and uh, thank you for serving. I I thank all of our office holders because these are tumultuous times, and it's because of things like what just happened to you last week. And so I want you to take us through that, um, you know, just what exactly happened when the police showed up um, uh, as as your house was swatted by an anonymous call. Yeah, uh, fortunately for me, I was, I think, the uh, fourth uh, victim of the swatting call, so the police were a little more cautious uh, when they approached uh, both of my houses. We had actually recently moved, and my old residence is now a rental property, and uh, fortunately the guest was not there. Uh, but at about a little bit after 3 o'clock uh, on the 26th of December, uh, there were four of us who were swatted at about the same time. Uh, Representative uh, Miller uh, out of uh, Licking County and former Representative Rick Carfagna, who carried uh, House Bill 462 in the prior General Assembly, which increased the penalties of swatting. I carried the Senate version of the same bill, uh, Senate Bill uh, 292, and then Attorney General Dave Yost uh, was also uh, swatted, and uh, he uh, was, of course, an advocate of increasing the penalties for swatting, which was the point of the bill. I um, So basically what happened was I got a, a call at about 3.20 uh, uh, tw- on December 26th uh, from the local police saying, hey, we've sent police to your house. And I'm thinking, oh, my word, something happened, you know, with, with the guest or something. Well, it turned out uh, they said, well, we're going to call you back. The sergeant, we believe this was a, a fake call, a swatting call because of something that happened earlier. So I had a a Sergeant Diaz called me, uh, very polite, very professional. They had sent some SWAT cars to my uh, former home, which is, like I said, it's a rental now. And uh, nobody was home. They checked it out. Uh, But I do know that my colleagues and former colleague in the Ohio House, uh, they were swatted about 20 minutes before that. And I was told specifically they were swatted about 20 minutes before my house was. And I know that uh, the police showed up in full force at both of those houses. And uh, I know that uh, in the case of Rep. Miller, he had, uh, you know, he, you know, he's with his family. I believe uh, so was Representative Carfagna. Um, so the police show up, and then they go through the full, full rigmarole with their homes. By the time they got to my home, uh, the rental, you know, they, they knew something was up. Now, but the problem was I moved, so two hours later, while I'm at the store, my wife's preparing uh, the, the meal uh, that evening. My in-laws and my dad and uh, mother-in-law were coming over for dinner uh, that evening. Um, and uh, while I'm at the store getting some extra stuff, uh, the sheriff's cruisers show up at our house, our newer residence, and uh, that house had also been slotted. So... Um, my wife spoke to them. They were very polite, very professional, uh, sheriff's deputies. Uh, and, uh, you know, no, nothing major happened, nothing, you know. But, again, I, I think this was a response to the fact that we had passed the bill the year before, and this was, I believe, the one-year anniversary of, of the governor signing it. So, and I, I also think this could have been a test. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this, this was surprising that this happened. Uh, Of course, all of us, uh, and I don't know if it was because we were Republicans or not. I I think it had to do more with the bill. But, um, you know, it it was something that was uh, definitely surprising and definitely, you know, 
I was I was angry about it afterwards. I, I will definitely say I was not uh, a happy camper. You know, it's the day after Christmas, and and this happens, uh, you know, to you. And uh, I, I spoke with the other, at least uh, former representative Carfania, and I know, you know, they were, you know, they were also dealing with it as well. So. So we're talking with State Senator Andy Brenner of the 19th District, just uh, in Delaware County. And as you just heard, he described what swatting is. It's when the SWAT unit of the police force uh, shows up to your home because someone has called in. Some kind of dangerous situation is going on at that residence. That's all that the police know. Now, this has been a tactic of the political left and crazy people, quite honestly, uh, as a reprisal, maybe against somebody as a vendetta, and they'll call in and they'll say, "Oh, someone's being murdered," or "Someone, I've heard shots," and they'll say uh, crazy things, a uh, false report, and the police show up not knowing. And sometimes, as you've seen, even on television, they'll bash down the door, they'll go in, uh, rifles, uh, you know, brandished, uh, and then uh, shouting at people. That's what swatting is, and it's like, so it's a really dangerous situation because if you're at home and, like, you know, um, you know, the senator here, uh, you make the wrong move, you know, the police could actually accidentally shoot you or one of your residents, and this is what's happened in the past. So what a very dangerous situation, a very serious situation. You can't cry fire in a movie theater and not face the penalty of law. Tell us, Senator, uh, this had gone on uh, in our state. We see it nationally. We see it in Washington, D.C. Of course, uh, the local police uh, there and the local mayor is very corrupt, a radical liberal. And she's like laughing about the thing with Marjorie Taylor Greene and some of the congressmen who have been swatted by lunatics on the political left. But here, closer to home, Columbus, Ohio, the state attorney general, Dave Yost, was swatted by law enforcement. He's the top cop of the state. This is unbelievable. Uh, Tell me what the attorney general, did you have a conversation with him after this? What did he say? Uh, no, I, I've not. I did not have a conversation with the attorney general. I do know that from the reports, though, uh, everything was cordial. Uh, he, he worked with law. He spoke with law enforcement at the time, and uh, you know he was clearly uh, attacked at the same time. And, and I say this is attack. It wasn't an attack in the sense of you know, but it, it was a victimization of uh, elected officials across the board and statewide. And the sad thing is. You know, when this happened, this was only reported on like conservative news. I in, in local news, I did not see it in the national news on the other side of the aisle, uh, because you know this you know plays against the liberal uh, mindset and push that you know only uh, Republicans create things like January sixth, and that was also uh, basically made up by the left. Uh, and yes, there were bad things that happened there, and we want to respect all law enforcement in this case. This was a total abuse of law enforcement. I mean, they had four, five different occasions in one afternoon where you basically utilized a lot of law enforcement that could have been doing something else and made them do something that, you know, could have caused harm to somebody. Uh, it's just appalling, and it, it's a tactic that uh, we, we – that's why we increased the penalties. In fact, uh, that, the, the bills that went into effect, uh, the Bill 462 uh, – it was, they were based on swatting instances that happened in my county of Delaware. One happened in Powell, and one happened in Genoa Township, where 
former Representative Carfania lives, and uh, that's what led to those bills and increased penalties. So now the question is, you know, can a foreigner, a foreign country, or, you know, other radical organizations use this to mess up our police force and actually cause other chaos by doing something else at the same time they're making these swatting calls? And I, I'm concerned that that is the case. I think the federal government needs to be looking into that and making sure that our security here in the homeland is, in fact, secure. You know, I don't want to trample, trample on anybody's First Amendment rights or any, you know, uh, you know, privacy protections. But if you're going to do something like this, uh, we need to make sure that uh, our citizens are protected. We're talking with State Senator Andy Brenner of the 19th Senate District just north of Columbus in Delaware County. Senator, uh, what is the new penalty? So, for instance, obviously an individual or individuals made these calls. How is it traceable then? I, You know, when you call 911, for instance, on my phone, unless they're using some alternative device to where they're switching and some high-tech thing to where they can't be uh, traced, if I'm calling 911, they know who I am. They can, they can show up at any place, uh, and actually that's helpful for purposes of um, law enforcement, you know, if uh, someone's calling a 911 call and they're in an emergency that they can track them. Uh, so what happens first things first here? How will they track who made these calls, These this individual or individuals? Has there been any uh, update on that? I have not received an update. My understanding is it sounds like they just called the regular police line and called this in, not the 911 system. So they bypass the system that can trace somebody. And my guess is they also use a VPN or a fake uh, phone number online that's probably not traceable. Um, I know there are voice messages of uh, what was left out there. I have not actually heard mine. Uh, my understanding is, at least from the second one, that they suggested that it was a pipe bomb, uh, that a kid had a pipe bomb in the house. And, of course, that's why they had to go out and look. Obviously, the law enforcement is doing their due diligence because even if it is potentially fake, it could be real. And so you still have to go out and 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 look. Uh, so I, I think really I've already talked to some security experts this last week, and I'm going to be meeting with, um, uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, members of our, our leadership as well as uh, uh, members of you know the security for the state house and those kind of things because I, I think this is something that's important that we need to elevate. Probably talk to the members of the governor's uh, office as well on this because this is something that you shouldn't we shouldn't allow uh, to have happen. Uh, the four individuals, uh, elected officials that were involved in this uh, hoax, this prank, this dangerous prank of swatting was State Attorney General Dave Yost, State Senator Annie Brenner of the 19th District, former State Representative uh, Carfagna. Who was the other representative that was uh, called on? Representative uh, Kevin Miller, who's out of Licking County, he is a uh, also former commander in the Highway Patrol. So, uh, you know, he's a member of law enforcement and has been. So, you know, he knew what to do when law enforcement showed up at his house and they immediately... Uh, realized uh, that, you know, this was a swatting call. But he was there with his uh, wife and, and kids. And, and um, you know, this is something that we're just fortunate that, you know, nothing else became of it. You know, as uh, citizens, if this can happen to you, you pass the bill. If it can happen to the attorney general and the former commander of the state Iowa patrol, um, I'd have to ask, what good was the legislation that was uh, passed? I mean, 
uh, if in, if this person or individuals has been can be found, what penalties in the law now with your bill that passed would they face? Well, they now, yes, thank you, Chris. The, the penalties are increased to third degree, uh, and then it goes to a first degree uh, felony if somebody's actually injured or, uh, you know, seriously injured or harmed uh, in a swatting call. So somebody can actually face severe uh, jail time or prison time uh, if this were to occur. And I, you know, that was the idea behind it. The idea behind it was to deter people. Obviously, it didn't deter uh, whoever these individual or individuals were who made these calls. Uh, but if they get caught, they're going to go to jail. And then I, I would hope that that would be an example uh, to others to not do that. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, deter, you know, especially juveniles or somebody that, you know, it was trying to do it as a prank uh, to realize that, hey, this is serious. I'm going to do serious jail time if I do it and try to dissuade that. So they used the regular police line, not 911. They used a, um, what kind of phone did you say? A VPN phone. What's that? Uh, internet phone, I believe. is. I believe that is what we think happened, but I don't know for certain. Uh, we're, I, we're gonna, I'm hoping to get a report once uh, we get additional details in the coming uh, you know, days <laughs> or weeks. So uh, what, what's the discussion now going forward, uh, now that this situation has happened? Uh, what was that discussion you'll have with the State House, with other officials, in light of what has just happened with this, this swatting? Which, by the way, uh, made state news. A number of television, radio, mm-hmm. and print publications uh, reported the incident. What's your thoughts going forward, Senator? Well, I think that they're now, because we, we've had some law changes to try to protect I, I believe, uh, you know, people work in the Board of Elections. Protocol-wise, I think there needs to be some changes so that if, you know, somebody is an elected official that's in the General Assembly, or my understanding is this ha- does happen for judges and, you know, the prosecutor and others, that their names and their, their identification is in the in the uh, 911 system so that, you know, if a police officer is going to a scene, they know that, hey, there's a judge there, or they know that there's an elected official there, that this could have been something else going on. They'll still have to respond like they normally do, but they'll have more information to know, hey, this person, you know, there, there could be something else going on here. So I think those are the kind of protocols that probably need to go in place statewide, especially for people like the Attorney General. I mean, I mean, it's appalling that, the, the, you know, here's our statewide chief law enforcement officer, and he was swatted. So it's it's something that we need to put a stop to and, and work to uh, try to improve our systems so that we're able to trace these kind of things when they happen. Very good. Well, uh, we're going to have you back on to give us an update on this uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, but, Senator, before you go, I want to talk to you about House Bill 68 that you voted for. It's the Ohio SAFE Act that protects our uh, young ladies in women's sports and also uh, bans hormone-blocking drugs and sex-changing surgeries on minors in the state of Ohio. It's a good bill, House Bill 68, the Ohio SAFE Act. We had Representative Gary Click on the program earlier this year, um, and we had uh, other representatives. But uh, it passed in large margin in the House and the Senate. But Governor DeWine made national news by vetoing, uh, shocking the Republican ranks, vetoing House Bill 68. First of all, your thoughts of the governor's veto? 
unfortunately, I'm not shocked. Um, I, especially as it kept going on, I was afraid he would do this. I sat through, because I filled in for a couple of the senators uh, on committee uh, when this bill was going through the Ohio Senate. So I listened to eight hours of opposition testimony. And I will say the chair, Rogner, did an outstanding job. She treated everybody with respect. And I totally felt for the people who were testifying. The problem is the governor or his office, I, there's no data to back this, this, this stuff up. In fact, Sweden, and I gave a floor speech, uh, Sweden did away with this for minors a little over a year ago. It was in uh, 2022, 2021-2022, when they uh, did away with it. So this is the country that started transgender surgeries and legalized it in 1972. They've got over 50 years of experience with this, and they took it some studies and realized this was not helping reduce suicide. This was not actually improving uh, kids. And so they've done away with it. Um, you know, I've, I've, that information was out there, but you've got a lot of doctors and, and a lot of people in these, uh, in these various groups and psychiatrists who are pushing this, who thinks that there's data there. And, you know, I, I ask, I ask some testimony of the doctors, please supply to me your research. I did not get any research. So, you know, and just to have their association say this is good, that's not good enough. It isn't good enough for anything like masking and, and uh, COVID vaccines. We should re be requiring to have proper scientific research that's evidence-based that shows correlation and causation. And if they can't do that, then they shouldn't be doing it. Um, I'm prepared to vote to override the governor, uh, but the, the bills right now, it's got to start in the House because it was a House Bill 68. Uh, so the House has to vote to uh, override first. If they do, then it comes to the Senate. And I believe that there's a chance we could uh, vote to override the governor this month. And that would be great, because that's what we're calling for. In fact, uh, we're going to talk about in the next segment the cascade of rebukes that came against the governor in his veto of this bill and the calls to override it. And, Senator, we're glad to hear that you're a vote for overriding the governor's veto. And we got word this afternoon that the Ohio House, the Speaker, is calling for a meeting next Tuesday, January 10th, to try to get enough members back to vote to override the governor's veto on House Bill 68, the Ohio SAFE Act. We're going to talk more about that on the other side. Senator, it's so good to talk to you. We're going to have to have you back to talk about the great success of the educational expansion uh, that uh, with Ed Choice that took place, and your committee had a lot to do with that. And so a lot of people are benefiting from school choice and uh, basically picking the school of their choice, not just being regulated into public school, but their own school because of the bills that uh, went through your committee, and we thank you for that. But we've run out of time. want to thank you for coming on the program, and blessings to you and your wife, and Happy New Year, Senator, and thank you for serving. Thank you, Chris, and Happy New Year, and blessings to you all as well. Absolutely. Thank you. That was State Senator Andy Brenner of the 19th District. He is also the chairman of the Education Committee. And uh, again, you heard uh, that he was swatted along with State Attorney General Dave Yost and several other elected officials in the state of Ohio just last week, the day after Christmas. Folks, we're entering a tumultuous year, actually a time of crisis, and we need to stay tuned. And right here on News and Focus, we're going to cover these kinds of issues, so you want to stay tuned. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. 
To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is brought to you by the Ohio Christian Alliance.